0: Welcome to The Breach Podcast, a Charlie Mike production. I'm Ty Braxton, and I just want to say thank you for taking the time to listen in today. I discuss issues surrounding us and how to build our faith and strengthen our walk with the Lord. I want to provide you with tools so that you can Charlie Mike. Charlie Mike is better understood as continue mission, and I want you to be able to Charlie Mike in your own mission field. And before we get started, hit the like button, subscribe, and hit the bell notification so you can be notified of future videos that I post. And also check out our shop. The link will be in the description below. And if you'd like to partner with me and donate, that information will be in the description as well. So I want to discuss something that I have struggled with in the past, and I know I'm not alone in this, so I definitely wanted to hit this topic, and that is... Is killing the vacuum and when I say killing the vacuum I'm talking about in a spiritual sense on what goes outside the church because everybody gets so church focused on oh I go to church or I am there every service and I sing the songs and I go to the altar and I serve in church but what goes on outside of church is your life spiritually void Outside the walls of the church? Are you serving outside the walls? Are you making an impact for the kingdom? Are you fulfilling the great commission? Are you using your spiritual gifts? Are you praying? Are you reading the Bible? Are you studying to show yourself approved? Are you doing the good works that God has set before you? So, killing the vacuum. What is a vacuum? It is a space entirely devoid of matter. And matter is something tangible that takes up space but like i said before i'm talking about this on a more spiritual sense and it even says in the definition of matter an affair or situation under consideration so there could be a vacuum in your life of that kind of matter it's a situation or an affair that you are not addressing you are not participating in now the verb for matter is of importance or significance so there could also be a void of that kind of matter creating a vacuum there could be nothing of significance or importance in your life that you are giving attention to creating the vacuum so like i said before we need to kill the vacuum Now, recently I heard a pastor say when talking about God moving in the house and God moving in your life, what better place for that to happen than the church? And I totally agree with that, but then something popped into my mind. What better place? The place God called us to. God did not call us to church. We are supposed to go to church. We are supposed to be a part of community and gather together and do corporate church. But are we individually outside the walls being the church God should be moving through us working in the lives of other people through us that vacuum could be there if we are not if we don't have that mentality remember Jesus did not say go into all the church but into all the world it should be happening on the battlefield the mission field and that's literally any place inside the church and outside the church so literally any place but if you are not going on to the battlefield how do you take territory you don't win the war by only fighting battles at the gates or inside the gates so the answer to the question is everywhere so to find out if you have a vacuum in your life that needs to be killed ask yourself these questions is the cross on your back or are you just visiting it on a sunday morning treating it as a relic or just wearing it around your neck as a decoration Are you ruling and reigning in the world or is the world ruling and reigning in and around you? Are you just talking about how cool it would be if life worked like the Bible says it's supposed to work? It would be cool if you actually did the things the Bible tells you to do. Paul understood this. He didn't just call things out in letters to the church, but he did much of his ministry in public. Jesus did the same thing. The marketplace is another word for public because that is where transactions happen. Now, if you don't believe me, Paul's shipwreck didn't happen inside of a church. The snake that bit him wasn't inside of a church. He walked out his position as the church. The apostles weren't thrown in prison because... They were going to church or revival services inside of a building. It was because they wouldn't shut up outside the walls of the church. They wouldn't appease the masses by being silent in public. Too many are just in church and too few are outside the walls of the church. Too few are outside on the battlefield, the mission field. And you can say you are a warrior or a defender or sing about it or talk about it inside church, but are you? Are you hiding behind your schedule or your status or even church attendance? Anyone can land on a military base and live in safety and comfort. It takes a warrior to step out and fight and put themselves in opposition with culture or in the scope of danger or loss. We need to stop treating church as the finish line instead of a pit stop. We are supposed to be getting what we need inside the church to equip us to continue the race outside of the church. But too many act like the race only happens at the pit stop. But what happens in a pit stop? There's no racing. It's a small part of the race to equip you for the next part of the race. Yes, we wage war and we worship and we pray in church. But most people who practice in these things inside the church only spectate outside church. Church is not the destination. It is the meeting place. Destination is not a stationary location, but it is the Holy spirit moving in your life to reach people for the cause of Christ. Stop using church attendance as an excuse to abandon the work God has for you on the outside. Think about Jonah. He wasn't running from the church. He was running from his calling. We've talked about this on a number of podcast episodes. We don't get to heaven by good works, but by grace. But too many people use grace as a license for bad works. But good works are an overflow of our relationship. You aren't going to get a well done, my good and faithful servant, if you haven't done anything. You are to be not only a hearer, but a doer of the word. In James one twenty two, it says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. So you can deceive yourself if you are a hearer only. By thinking that because you hear it, because you put yourself in a position to hear the word, like going to church, you're in good standing. But by doing that, you deceive yourself. Because it says, be doers of the word. There can be a number of things that can try to hinder us in our race, and that can be one of them. The feeling of loneliness is one of mine. When I discussed at the beginning of the episode, something that I struggled with in the past, I know I'm not alone. So I really want to hit this. I enjoy being part of a team. I work well by myself, but I do really enjoy being part of a team because I know I can't see every angle. I don't have experience in all things. There are strengths and weaknesses, but the more people you have in a team that can keep each other accountable, the more strengths that you will have, the more things that people can bring to the table to accomplish a mission. And when I say I enjoy being part of a team, I'm not talking about people I only see at church scheduled events or just friends, but I'm talking about people I want to do life with outside of work in church schedules accountability partners prayer partners people who would drop anything to be there for a friend the disciples didn't meet with jesus once a week or twice a week or even three times a week they were with him all the time they were following him and they kept each other accountable and this is a vulnerability point for me because i really do miss the military because of the camaraderie we lived together we ate together we slept in closed We worked out together, we fought together, and if someone fell on the battlefield, we were there to pick each other up. You can't always pick each other up through a text or even a phone call. Sometimes you can, but other times there needs to be a physical presence. It doesn't have to be every single day or even every week, but we all need someone who has our backs and who will show up no matter what their schedule looks like. If they walk away when it gets tough, I would distance myself and make room for those who will be there i heard a missionary once say when discussing what is more productive with the use of money in missions is it more productive to send the money to the field to them so they can use it for their projects or is it more productive to for the person to use that money and go like get a plane ticket and meet that person on the mission field and he responded a stranger sends money or gifts, but a brother will meet you in the field. And in Proverbs 17, 17, it says a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. Now, some of this sounds really harsh when discussing about people walking away or leaving you. And it may feel like abandonment, but it's not always that. It's not always abandonment. It's always not to hurt you or just Leave you to do your own thing, or for them to leave you and do their own thing. Sometimes these people leave your life because they are one, flaky, and other times because where God is taking you isn't where God is taking them. And even other times, where God is taking them isn't a place for you to go. So where God is taking them might not be a place for you. I'm not saying it's easy. That's the whole point of this talk about loneliness, but we need to make sure we stay vigilant because we cannot replace biblical principles and reason with emotion because we can self-sabotage ourselves and that can affect our spouses our our children, or it could hinder other believers and even discourage those who don't know Jesus yet. When people left my life, it hurt. Uh, I got prideful. I got offended. And I entertained the pain instead of understanding and healing, and it damaged relationships. I was looking at it from my perspective instead of God's perspective. Do not try to fill the vacuum in your life with your perspective because you will defend it and use it to justify your decisions even if you are the one in fault, like I was. Go to the Bible, and that is where we will get God's instructions and perspective. We need to be careful when we perceive something because that is what our perspective will be formed from. Emotions will try to form that perspective. But even when we have those emotions or selfish ambitions or desires, we cannot build our foundation on those things. God has already put his perspective and standards in the Bible. Don't fill the vacuum with decisions made on the foundation of emotion or our heart's desires, which the heart is deceitful above all things, unless it is transformed with God's perspective. Fill the vacuum with the word of God so you will know the correct measures to take do not be fooled. So you will not become a fool. This is just one example, but whatever you are going through, you cannot allow yourself to self-sabotage your walk with God and with other believers. And you cannot let your experiences put a limit on what God can do. Just because you are hurting doesn't mean God is any less powerful, or the blood less atoning, or the Holy Spirit less leading. The Holy Spirit will help you discover your purpose and help you walk out in that purpose. I've been reading a book called Pentecost to the Present, and it talks about how missional living is not a church program, but the the believer's life purpose. And it helps people shift from being spiritual tourists to Christian pilgrims. And in Latin America, the book talks about how the believers Don't just invite unbelievers to come to church, but the church seeks and goes to unbelievers. They're not trying to fill seats. They're trying to fill heaven. That is why I put so much emphasis on what goes on outside of the church. We don't just invite people to church and hope they come or think that the only time God can move is inside the church. We need to go outside the church, seeking to be used outside the walls so people who may never step foot inside of a church building will encounter Jesus through us. In those circumstances, the Holy Spirit leads us. That is where we become salt and light to a very dark world. The light must pierce the darkness, and the salt adds flavor and preserves righteousness. In the book I just spoke about, it talked about Latin American Christians who are equally enthusiastic when they leave church. Not to go to the buffet, because church is out, but to them, being a Christian means working for God and being actively involved in body life ministry, doing life together and doing ministry together. Not everyone does the same thing, but everyone must do some thing. And I love that quote. So the book in, in the book here, it's it's not talking about what's going on inside the church. It's talking about what's going on outside the church, outside the walls of the building and being the body of christ we need to offer ourselves as a living sacrifice to god so that he can use us to raise people up to a new life in christ god is still working and god is still moving god still loves you and the gospel is not something to be ashamed of you can walk into any church and they will quote the passage about not being ashamed of the gospel but many spiritual dead preachers haven't read the bible so they don't understand what the gospel even looks like because they spend so much time tearing down the gospel. Demons flee. There is deliverance, there is freedom in repentance, and salvation is a walk, not a destination. The devil doesn't care if you go to church as long as there is a spiritual vacuum outside of the church. The devil doesn't care if you have faith as long as it stays silent. So let's kill the vacuum and be filled with the Holy Spirit and invite him to move through us on this spiritual battlefield. I believe the devil lives by the words of Osama bin Laden. And he said, we do not differentiate between those dressed in military uniforms and civilians. They're all targets. And I believe that the devil doesn't care who we are on the battlefield. He targets everyone, but the enemy of our souls will do everything he can to keep us too comfortable or too fearful to act. And if we're too fearful to act or too comfortable to act, we will not put on the armor of God because we we can't even stand without the armor of God. So when we put that weight on, that weight that calls us to action, we definitely can't stand with that. That's why we need to discipline ourselves and not just get fat on what we're fed in church, but work out what we have been equipped with outside the walls of church. We must fight for the liberation of others. We can no longer settle To be simply church attendees, or only spectators. We must kill the spiritual vacuum in our lives, and it can only be filled with the Holy Spirit leading us to spread the love of God and the love of Jesus to others. If you haven't surrendered your life to Christ and are ready to come to God, I would like to lead you in a prayer in just a moment. But first, I want to be clear. Praying a sinner's prayer is not a ticket into heaven. These are not magic words. You must follow Christ and live for him. You cannot receive salvation by your own merits, but by what Jesus has already done. As to receive the Holy Spirit, to be filled and experience what God has for you. You will not live the same life or be able to keep Jesus to yourself if you become a Christ follower. 1 John 2.4 tells us that the one who says, I have come to know him and does not keep his commandments, is a liar. Those commandments are to love God and to love others. If you love God, you will follow him. And if you truly love others, you will want others to experience God and give their lives to him as well. So if you are ready to pray, pray this, God, I ask for forgiveness. I believe Jesus died for me and nothing I have done wrong is too great for the power of his blood that was shed for me. I am ready to forsake the world and live a changed life because I realize how much you love me. I love you and I'm ready to live for you. If you made the decision to surrender your life to God and follow Jesus, I encourage you to spend time daily with him in prayer and reading his word and worshiping him for who he is. Much will be revealed to you in this time with him. Be a part of a community of believers to grow in the fullness of God and His Word and join a church that does the same. Get involved and stay accountable to each other. Also, please let me know that you made this decision by emailing me at charliemike.me at gmail.com or message me on Facebook at facebook.com slash International.